season three, episode one. Do not be afraid. Well, welcome back to another episode, another season of Surviving Fear. Um, I want to thank so many of you that continue to follow this and, you know, go along with me spewing what I've learned and my experience and the fact that some of you find it interesting or hopefully it's helping you because that's the whole point of this. And I, if you guys remember, I think it was in the first season we talked about how this all came to be. And I do this, I think, you know, it's like when you're a teacher, you learn as much from your students as your students learn from you. Actually, I feel like I learn more from my students than my students learn from me at times. And this process has really made me dive deep into how I feel and my beliefs and my relationship with Christ. And I hope, if nothing else, that this has done the same for you in a small way that has encouraged you to dive deep in your own experience and dive deep in the struggles you've had and really like sitting down and analyzing them and connecting them to scripture, connecting them to what God has told us to give you peace and to give you encouragement and hope. And I think sometimes I get in this and I get kind of dark and deep, and I don't mean that to be, I just, this is about hope. And this isn't the end. There is no, you know, final, the end period for us. You know, that's the beautiful thing about this life is as complicated and confusing and difficult it can be. We all know the end. You know, there's always a spoiler. The spoiler alert, we know. We know how this hap- what happens in the end. We just have to do our part and we have to empty ourselves to get to that end point. Um, it's funny because the way I do a lot of my episodes is I go back and I look at my Caring Bridge site. And you guys all know I have a Caring Bridge site. If you don't, and this is the first time you're listening to me, um, I have a Caring Bridge site that um, was started when I first was dealing with my diagnosis of brain cancer, even before I knew it was brain cancer and, um, and glio, you know, glioblastoma more specifically. And, um, I go back and I, I'm reading what happened. Like today I read what, where I was a year ago. And it was very interesting because I had written about, and, and it's still true is that, you know, one of the realities of my diagnosis is I'll never hear the word remission and I'll never hear the word word cured in the medical sense. And I wrote that because that's what I've been told. Now, as some of you that have been listening know, like my healing does not make sense in the medical world. You know, they tell you 15 months, they tell you 
3% survive past five years. Um, they tell you all these terrible numbers. And it's funny, they always open their articles about glioblastoma with those numbers. Deadly. It's like they try to make it more they, Hollywood. They make it Hollywood. And that's not a slam on Hollywood. Hollywood likes to dramatize things, you know. You know, when you watch a movie and it always says, you know, it's like based on actual events or based on a true story. Well, that means they add a little something to it to make it even better. Like some of these stories are, you know, real life stories are even better. But, you know, they got to make it a little bit more interesting or a little bit more dramatic than maybe it was. Or maybe that it was dramatic and they needed to tone it down or whatever that needed to be. But it was like, Sometimes I feel like even reading these medical articles about um, glioblastoma is that it gets that, look, it's it's dramatic enough. You don't have to remind me every time I try to read about it that, yes, I know there's a 15-month lifespan. Yes, I know most people don't make it out of treatment. Yes, I know it's the deadliest brain cancer that is out there. Yes, 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 I understand all that. So I don't need to read that again for the upteenth time. And in the beginning, when I read that, it used to really wear me down. Like I didn't read medical articles. I gave it, I was like, told my husband, my like, Paul, you're going to have to do it. I'm like, I can't because every time I read it, that's what I focus on. And that's not the way it is. Has glioblastoma claimed many earthly lives? You bet. You bet. I mean, just the other day I was at the optometrist because now that, you know, I am in that healing point, I'm actually going back and going, okay, all these other doctors that I've been ignoring for the last 20 months. Yeah, that's right, guys. It's been 20 months, 20 months. Oh, sorry. I didn't think saying that number would make me cry. I mean, hey, in the beginning, I couldn't even say that. I couldn't put number and words together before I uh, got diagnosed. But 20 months it's been since I, since we discovered the tumor and I had surgery and got diagnosed. It's crazy. It is crazy. And I totally lost my train of thought when I was starting, got emotional about that. But it's been 20 months. They didn't know how many months to give me. I knew it wasn't 20. And how fortunate I feel that here I am still chatting away with you guys, still sharing my stories. Um, but I remember just thinking back and I remember looking at what we were, what I was doing at the time. And I wrote Remission Cured. And remission is seems to always be associated with cancer. But we're, I feel like we're all in a state of remission. From one thing or another. Remission means you're healing. When you're in remission, when they declare you in remission, when you have cancer... It's that your body is now healing from the cancer. The cancer has been removed and now you're healing from it. Think about all the things that you're healing from. Hurtful and harmful experiences. Situations. 
situations that were very difficult to deal with, but you made it through. You're in remission from that experience. Because here I am, even though I'm not declared in remission and I never will be, but that's why I do this podcast and that's why I write in Caring Bridge is because it helps me to remember where I've been, the lessons I've learned, the pain I've been in, the fear I've experienced. And it helps you to kind of look back and say, wow, look what I did with God's help. Look where I am now with God's help and God's guidance. And look, I made it to the other side of this challenge. And there's always more challenges to come. That's life. It's the way it's designed. It's not like, okay, like that's why I'm going through going to all my doctors that I've ignored because, hey, you know what? Um, yes, I have brain cancer, but um, that's from the neck up. There is a body that exists from the neck down that I still need to care for. And I need to get caught back up on going to the dentist and going, thank God that went well. Um, you know, going to all the other doctors that um, need to be tended to, like the optometrist and other things. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to heal the rest of the body too. Um, but we're all in remission from something, from many things. And it's just your healing. Um, one of the things I wrote about that I had shared in one of my caring bridge was about a dear friend of mine. And she was one of the first people to show up on my doorstep when I got diagnosed. And the reason she did is A, because she uh, she's an amazing person. Um, I know her because we taught she actually taught, we both were teaching faith formation. She was teaching the elders. I was the youngers and she had my older son and she was just, she's a light, a light, a light in this world. But she showed up on my doorstep. She goes, I have to talk to you. And her own daughter had glioblastoma at birth. She was born with it. And the doctors went in and said, you know, we can try to get it, but can you imagine an infant, not even, I mean, newborn and she had twins. That's the thing. It was one of the twins and an older daughter. That's a toddler. She hit her knees and she prayed and prayed and prayed. They did the surgery they weren't able to get it all. She hit her knees and she prayed and prayed and prayed. They did another MRI and the doctor said, I don't know what happened, but the remaining of the tumor broke loose. We're going to go back in and get it. They went in, 
they got the tumor. Her daughter is now 12. Never having a reoccurrence, living life normally. She sat there in front of me when I was in a moment of hopelessness going, okay, I had resolved that my clock was ticking faster than I wanted it to. And she said, no, God works miracles. And her daughter is a miracle. She is a miracle. And the reason why this story is a little difficult for me to share is because my sweet friend is, and I should say it's difficult for me to share, but she's sitting face to face with God right now. And I'm sad because I miss her. And I wish that I could celebrate my good news face to face with her, but gosh, how selfish that is. She's sitting face to face to God. I'm like, Hey God, can we have her back for just a moment so I can feel her a hug and feel her love. And so we could celebrate together that I had a, a clear scan, but she's, she's in such a better place. You know, people say that and they're like, oh, you know, they're in a better place. Without a doubt, this woman is sitting face to face with God right now, looking down on us. And I know I know she knows. I know she knows the second that I got in how this was going to turn out and that I was going to have this great scan and these great healing that's been happening in my life. But you know, you selfishly want them here and that's okay because that's human. And I know I've talked about it before. It's so difficult trying to live a human life when we are spirits. We are his spirit. We are, we have souls. And we're a spiritual being trying to live as humans. And that's why I'm seeing her crying because the human part of me just wants to celebrate with her. And she had a battle with cancer and her own battle. And I wouldn't say battle. She had, she had an experience with cancer. And unfortunately, in the middle of that experience, she contracted COVID And she didn't have an immune system to be able to fight COVID. But I sit there and I watch her amazing daughter, her older daughter, who's my son's age, who is still at the church, who is still a leader at the church, carrying on what her mother has instilled in her and her father has instilled in her. And I don't know her daughter that very well. And I I just know her through my son. And I kind of just stand back a little bit and just, it's amazing to watch what she's doing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, crying through this whole thing. I don't mean to be. Um, and the whole 
point of this is that she finished the race. My friend finished the race. We all sit here and struggle and heal and struggle and heal. It's so cyclical. And that's what this life is. It's um, being able to empty yourself and allow life to come to you and not try to control it. You know, when you empty yourself or surrender, you know, I've been referring to a surrender and I rent, I, and I read it in one of my devotions about emptying yourself before God. When you empty yourself before him, you give him plenty of space to fill you up. He gets to fill you up. You don't fill yourself up. He fills you. And we have to get rid of the fear that fills us and the overscheduling that fills us and the have-tos that fill us, that we fill ourselves with. And remember things like, it says, do not be afraid 365 times in the Bible. 365, I know I've said this before, it's not a coincidence. Sometimes God speaks to us through numbers, especially those of us that love numbers. That's what we see. (laughs) But he speaks to us through numbers. He speaks to me through numbers sometimes. Makes me laugh. Um, You have to empty. Empty yourself before him to allow him to fill you in those struggles, in those moments that you don't understand. I don't understand why my friend had to be taken so young while her kids are still being in, you know, adolescence and teenage years. I know her friends and I know her family have stepped up and have wrapped themselves around her family and are keeping my friend's legacy going as my friend sits before God before God imagine that imagine sitting in front of God I can't even like I can't, I mean I can't comprehend it my human brain cannot comprehend it but it's something that I look forward to not yet <laughs> not yet I say that not yet, and God's smiling, going, if you only knew, if you only knew what's waiting. But I look at my kids, I look at my husband, and I'm so grateful for every single moment, every single day. Living your life in a place of gratitude helps you with that. Living your life, being grateful for every moment, even when your teenager's being snarky with you and won't listen. I'm grateful that I'm here to guide. I'm grateful that we're here to guide. Um, I want to close out with this scripture, and it's Psalm 90, 
12, and it says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Live each day as it comes. Empty yourself before the Lord and you will be abundantly blessed. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Vioso, and I'll see you at the next episode of Surviving Fear.